the Bible teaches us about the, the crucifixion. And on Easter Sunday morning, we talk about something more. But I want to say, as I was reading this week, and as I was studying this week, and as I was thinking about Easter Sunday, I knew that our church family would be gathered together. And I knew that on most occasions, I speak directly to the body of Christ here at at NBC on Main, at Nicholasville Baptist, because that's what I feel called to do. On the same hand, the circumstances we find ourselves in means that my church family, our church family can gather and hear the teaching. But it also means that maybe a friend, maybe an aunt, maybe an uncle, maybe a mother-in-law, someone else is going to hear this message. And as they are passed around or they stay online, there's going to be a lot of people who may check this out. And I was thinking about people who knew and who might not know Jesus. I was thinking about Easter when we all talk about it, when there are lots of visitors. And in a very new way, we're going to have lots of visitors today. And I read a a piece of information as I was uh, searching that I want to tell you about. And and that information is this. Over 80% of people who call themselves atheists, of people who say they don't believe in God, recognize that Jesus lived and actually believe that Jesus died. Over 80% of people who call themselves atheists believe that Jesus lived and that he died. They would okay, they would affirm that those are historical facts. I mean, the bottom line is our days, our months, our years, our calendar is based around who Jesus is. We say uh, 20 B.C., 100 B.C., that is before the Christ, before Jesus Christ, all right? And then Anno Domini, A.D., in the year of our Lord, our calendar, our lives are centralized around the life of Jesus and, and that moment of the cross, but it is this moment Whether you, whether I, whether anybody chooses to say it happened or it didn't happen, it is this Sunday morning that for Christians and for believers and for Protestants and even for Catholics, for anybody who believes in Christ, the cross is stunningly important. That is where our sins were taken away. But Paul said, I believe in Jesus Christ and the power of his resurrection. Sunday is about life. Sunday is is about return. Sunday is about death has been defeated. And that is where we plant our flag. That is where we stake our claim. And so this morning, I want to take a few minutes to talk about this fact. If Jesus lived, and if Jesus died, what difference does it make if I believe that he was resurrected, or if he wasn't? What does it matter whether or not Jesus rose or he did not? And I want to start with one of the greats. I want to start with what the Apostle Paul had to say about this. I'm in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and I'm going to start in verse 3. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried. 
and that he was raised on the third day according to scriptures. Here's where I want to start. Jesus, Jesus was buried and Jesus was resurrected on the third day. Now, for some people, that third day thing is difficult, all right? Because we talk about Friday and then Saturday, Sunday. They're like, how is that three days? How is that he would be raised in three days? You have to think about it more like an event, okay? Uh, the Bible says that on the third day, all right? So think about it like maybe you're going on vacation, all right? You leave for vacation on, on Monday and you drive to some place, maybe Myrtle Beach. You get there in the middle of the afternoon and you uh, put your things in the room and you run out on the beach, all right? Now, if you're keeping a, a log of that week, all right, Monday would day one, all right, Tuesday would be day two, and Wednesday would be day three, or uh, on the third day, we went to this restaurant, or uh, these photographs are from day three, which would be Wednesday, all right? That's hopefully a good explanation about how that works. Jesus um, was crucified on, on Friday. That would be the first day. The second day was Saturday, and he was raised to life on the third day, all right? So just wanted to make sure that there was an understanding there as a child, even as a teen. That is sometimes a question. And it goes on to say, he appeared, no longer dead, he appeared, all right, to Cephas, Peter, and the twelve. So now Peter has seen the risen Lord, uh, Mary and, and, and Martha, and the ladies that, that went to the tomb, they've seen, all right, that the tomb was empty, and the angel has told them, all right, after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time. Not a bunch of different ones telling stories. 500 people at the same moment saw the risen Savior, all right? Verse 7, he appeared to James. Then he appeared to the apostles. These are not at the same time, so we have... Um, Peter, we have the disciples, we have a group of 500, we have James, we have the apostles. If you'll remember, he, he sat on the beach, all right, with, with, with Peter and, and James and, and John and, and, and the fish, and, and we had the story, uh, do you love me, do you love me, do you love me? And last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. This is not somebody who knew him in his life. But when Paul saw the resurrected Christ, when Paul saw Jesus, he appeared to him on the road to Damascus, blinded him, called him, and Paul then became the greatest missionary of all time outside of Christ himself. G all right? So those are the things that, that, that we know. This is the um, argument that Paul was making. And, and the question here is, what's the difference? Why do we, why do we make so much of the, the resurrection? Well, first of all, one of the things that we believe about Jesus is that He is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life. All right, And if something is true, there, there is no error in it. It is true. It is fact. The truth has no deception to it, all right? And so Jesus, if he is the truth, is true and 
at this point. He was true at this time, and he will be th true through all eternity, okay? So if Jesus is telling the truth, then there can't be a part of the story that, that's a mistake. There can't be a part of the story that is false. That just cannot happen. Because what happens is everything else begins to unravel. Well, if he's not truth, then what makes us think he's life? And if he's, if he's really life and he's dead, then you can't be death and life at the same time. So you can't be those things. And then, well, the Sermon on the Mount, that makes it kind of a moot point. And then, well, the Gospels and the story of his life, they're just kind of a moot point because he says he's the Messiah. He says he's the Savior. He is baptized as the one who has come. And now that I think about it, you've got more than 300 prophetic things in the Old Testament that talk about the coming Messiah, the coming Christ, that he would be broken, that he would be restored, that he would return. And if that's not true, then we've got to throw the Old Testament out. We've got to throw uh, the Gospels out. And the New Testament, where the church is formed on a Christ who has been risen, I serve a risen Savior, all right, and who sent the Holy Spirit down to counsel and guide them while he went to prepare a place. And then the Holy Spirit, who is Christ and who is God, three in one, comes down and the church begins to form. All of that can't be true because Jesus is not alive, so we don't serve a risen Savior. So forget it all. And then it all goes away. But when all of that goes away, I am love. I am grace, I am mercy, joy, peace, patience, kindness. These are fruits of the Spirit of God. And if none of those are here, what we have is emotion, and what we have is happiness, and what we have is something that will end because life isn't eternal. It ends in death, and that is it. So we live in this life, and we have to deal with our own emotions, and we have to deal with our own selves, and there's no grace, and there's no mercy, and there's no love other than what we sinners can muster for one another, and there is no hope. So why live? There's a lot of things that happen if we choose to do this as if Christ was human and human alone and died, and, and, and that was the end. What does it matter? It matters because it removes hope. And that is why people in and of themselves find themselves hopeless, find themselves alone, find themselves hurting, find themselves feeling judged, find themselves captive to all of the things of this world. When Jesus said, I, I created you, I loved you, I did not create you to be of this world, but of somewhere else. If there is an end, there is nowhere else. But as a church, we believe there is more. We believe that there is something else. If Jesus was raised from the dead, if the tomb was empty, if he did go to prepare a place for us, if when he said, I am the resurrection and the life in John chapter 11, the one who believes in me will live even though he dies, as he called Lazarus out as a precursor to what would happen. If Jesus rises from the dead, then the two things that Jesus came to earth to take care of are now taken care of. Sin is wiped out because the perfect lamb lived a perfect life as God incarnate. And then Jesus, who was the son of God, but the son of man, has now died and not stayed dead. Death has no sting. He now lives, and because he lives, Jesus said, you can live too. 
There is more. Heaven, the kingdom of God, awaits. Well, what about hell? Well, I read this week a quote that's going to be harsh, but it's reality. Hell is simply truth realized too late. Hell is truth recognized too late. And I can't go another videoed moment not saying, I'm no better than you. I'm no worse than you. I'm a sinner like you who serves a risen Savior that loves you. And now the choice is yours. If the resurrection is true, here's just a couple of reasons why it matters. If the resurrection is true, then Jesus is everything he said he was and he still is. If it is true, he had the authority he said he had, the power he said he had is his and he will fulfill what he said he would or keep telling the truth and doing what he promised he would do. If the resurrection is true, everything that was said before is true here and everything that will be said will be true in the future because God is who he says he is, was, is, and is to come. And because of those things, because Jesus is who he said he was, the spotless lamb, I have come to take away the sins of the world. I given so I can have freedom. I'm not bound by anxiety. I'm not bound by hopelessness. I'm not bound by my own guilt. I get upset. I get frustrated. I get concerned. I get overwhelmed. But in Christ and in his forgiveness, my sins can be separated as far as the east is from the west. I believe the promise that he gave me to set me free. And so I can dance freely because he lives. Because he is who he said he was, I can be forgiven. And that gives me freedom. Because he has the power he said he had, I can overcome because I have strength. For I have not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. I can overcome temptation. I can overcome failures. My failures are not fatal and my death is not final because of the power of Jesus Christ. And because Jesus will fulfill what he said he would fulfill, I have hope. I'm not waking up every morning and going to bed every day like it's Groundhog Day, like I have to live the same thing over and over again, like somebody's going to hurt me or somebody's going to upset me or I'm going to do something wrong and, 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 and I cannot overcome it or I will not be forgiven for it. I, I don't think that I'm on this treadmill that one day the off button's going to happen and, and I'm just not going to have gone anywhere. No, I believe that there's more. I believe when the Bible says Jesus raised from the dead because he was raised from the dead, that it also says our citizenship is in heaven. We are aliens and strangers to this place. I'm not built to experience the hopelessness and the fear and the pain and the crying. I'm going to a place where there is no more night, no more pain, no more death, no more tears. I'm going to a place where we are what we were meant to be with God, a God who is alive. And that is why there is such a powerful song that is sung. Because he lives, 
I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know, yes, I know he holds the future. I don't think, I know. And life is worth the living. Why? Simply because he lives. That is what makes the difference. That is why it matters. But it's also why some people struggle. You see, if he rose from the dead, it was a gift. It was on his terms and not ours. It was his life and not ours. And he offers it to us freely. But listen to me. Following Jesus and believing in Jesus and believing in the crucifixion and the resurrection also requires something of us. It means all of it is true. And it means in a selfish world, we can't be about ourselves. It means in a world where we want choices, sometimes there is no choice. It means in a world where we want to do what we want to do and let them do what they want to do, that that is not the way God intended or created it to be. It means God never makes a mistake. And people who choose not to believe in the resurrection, for the most part, it has nothing to do with a hoax. It has nothing to do with whether they've been told or not, and everything to do with what is required once you grab hold of this. What it offers is a freedom beyond imagination, but what it requires is a life lived in loving obedience to a creator who has never made a mistake and who has never asked us to do anything that won't make us better more, draw us closer, bring us life, bring us hope that won't create as we play out obedience in him all of the fruits of the spirit which are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And these are things that people would agree that we need and desire in this world, but we cannot have them without the God that created them. And if he doesn't exist, then neither do those things as they were meant to be. That's not possible. And then we get to choose and we get to make the rules, and we get to figure out how to get ours, climb the ladder for what we want, when we want it, how we want it, and to heck be everything else. And we will argue, fuss, and fight because we want things our way. But here it is. The resurrection requires of us the moment we buy into it to buy into all the rest. You don't get to pick and choose a part that is or isn't true. You don't get to pick and choose a part that you do or do not want to follow. You buy in. And you're all in. And the weight of the world seems to come upon your shoulders until you realize that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We do not have to be afraid. For I have overcome the world. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. And I face it with confidence. I face it with power. I face it with hope. Because he lives. I want you to know that confidence, that power, and that hope too. His name is Jesus. God, it's amazing to get to stand in your presence before your people 
call out your name. Pray and ask for things of you. Pray and talk of you. And to know that you are alive. That I don't speak to one who was. And I don't speak to one who is or always will be. I speak to one who is all of those things. Yesterday, today, and forever. And I speak with a confidence because you are alive. And you are alive in me. And you can work through my disobedience. You can work through my arrogance. And you can work through my primitiveness. And you can work through my stupidity. And you can work through my sin. My prayer right now is that you do just that. That you work through all that I am not. And that in some way, your Holy Spirit works through the words that are coming out into the camera, into the web, into the social media world, and out into the ears of the listener. And that your spirit right now grabs them and goes, I love you. I want you. I made you. I have the best in mind for you. And that hearts would be opened. And lives would be healed. And it would have nothing to do with NBC or me or Cy or Preston or the church and everything to do with Jesus. God, thank you for using us. Thank you for giving us one another. Thank you for blessing us. But that's the whole thing. In glorifying you and allowing you to work in us, we get more than we could ever ask for or imagine. And God, this Easter, I'm thankful because he lives. Pour out your spirit, Lord, on all your people in Jesus' name. Amen.